Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is Monday, March 23rd, 2020, and this is the Goddess Morning Show, and I am your Shannon, your host. Thank you for joining us. I hope that everyone is staying healthy and safe out there. Today, we're starting out with a talk about Airmid who was Irish goddess, an Irish goddess, skilled herbalist, and gifted healer, the daughter of the divine physician Dion Ket, and sister of Miak. Aramid was one of the members of the Tua de Danan, the tribe of the goddess Danu, the most ancient of all Celtic deities. The Tua de Danan were, in fact, a people who inhabited Ireland in times long past. According to the Irish myths, Aramid was one of the enchanters whose incantations sung over the well of slain was able to resurrect the dead. Ermid's healing injured soldiers in the famous Second Battle of Mortura, the legendary site of two battles between the Tua de Danan and their enemies, the first battle with the Fearbolg and the second battle with the Fermorians, mythological enemies of the people of Ireland, often equated with the Greek Titans, who were opposing force to the Olympians. In the first battle, the first king of the Tua de Danan, Nuada, known as Argilatam, lost his arm. He was no longer eligible for kingship due to the Tua de Nanan tradition that their king must be physically perfect. Nuada was replaced as a king by a half-Fermorian prince known as known for his beauty and great intellect. In the meantime, Nuada's lost arm was replaced by a fully functioning silver arm by the physician Dionket, father of goddess Ermid. Later, Nuada's arm was once again replaced with a new one of flesh and blood. It was masterwork of Aramid's healing treatment and skills of her brother Miak. Their father, Dion, was proud of the medical achievements of his children. He was so extremely envious that he killed his own son, Miak. When the grieving Aramid went to visit her brother's grave, she suddenly saw hundreds of plants growing up among the flowers there. These plants had healing properties. One myth says that the goddess's tears watered all of the healing herbs of the earth, 365 in number, according to the number of her brother's veins and joints. These plants sprung from the soil over Miak's body. The goddess decided to gather the herbs and sort them according to their healing properties. Once again, her father, the divine physician Diak, could not control his envy. Standing silently behind Aramid, he suddenly scattered all the herbs she gathered into the winds so Aramid was never able to recover the herbs and so she could never complete her work. 
Today we have some important knowledge about plants and herbs, which have healing properties, but to this day, the proper uses for the hundreds of healing herbs are still unknown. Okay, that article was written by A. Sutherland from ancientpages.com. All right, our next article is A New Moon of Crisis and Transformation by Henry Seltzer. It says the March 24th Aries new moon taking place at the four degree mark of the sign early morning on the West Coast, later morning on the East Coast and in Europe is a rather dynamic configuration. The new moon degree itself is conjunct Chiron and partile semi-sextile to Uranus at the four degree mark of Taurus, while a triple conjunction of Jupiter, Pluto, Mars at 23 to 25 degrees, separated by one degree each, is squared by Eris in Aries. The Capricorn stellium is even more greatly highlighted by the fact that the new moon degree is in quintile with its midpoint, within two degrees of orb. This is extremely confronting. Um, Let's focus on the transits, which are quite significant. Let's consider the Jupiter-Pluto-Mars conjunction at a personal level. Being so greatly highlighted and involving Mars and Pluto, this has a symbolism of hidden anger coming to the surface to be either healed or further exacerbated. These pockets of almost infantile outrage usually stem from ancient wounding, long buried within our psyches, the residue of early childhood trauma. It would thus be an excellent time to become more aware of any such issues that could be arising now, especially considering the tension of our current social circumstances. We must now, more than ever, attempt to direct our higher awareness to these difficult places within us for eventual healing. That Chiron, the wounded healer, is also an important factor in the new moon further stresses the importance of these realizations of interior wounds and the possibility of being able, with conscious effort, to move somewhat beyond them. All right, from mindbodygreen.com, we have Eat Like an Apple Gatarian. An integrative nutritionist gets real about sustainability. Written by food blogger Katie Lemons on March 13th of this year. She says, when I think about health and well-being, my definition of what it means to be healthy has become broad and expansive. Over the years, it's evolved to incorporate far more than just what's on my plate. As a nutritionist and a newly minted physician assistant, I spend a lot of time thinking about how food plays not just a role in our health, but in medicine and assisting in the treatment of chronic disease. So it's impossible to ignore the way in which food gets to the plate, the journey, evolution, and life cycle of a product, truly from farm to table. One tangible way to help build a better future Cleaner food is spending my dollars on companies committed to advancing regenerative farming, agricultural practices aimed at restoring and revitalizing the food system from the ground up. That's why I'm so passionate to be partnering with Applegate. All right, so here are some double ways that I've been more mindful about practicing for sustainable living and nutrition. Number one, preventing food waste by mindfully meal prepping. One of my absolute biggest pet peeves is when I have to throw food out. It's both morally and financially frustrating, so I'm incredibly methodical about meal prep. Two things make a major difference in reducing my food waste, only buying what I need 
and prepping in a way that optimizes diversity of meals to prevent boredom and waste. Number two, refilling glass bottles from local bulk home beauty product stores. I'm so lucky to live in a neighborhood that echoes my own belief on sustainability and decreasing single plastic use. Whenever I'm low on laundry detergent, hand soap, and even Epsom salts, I walk on over with my glass bottles for a refill. This way, only the product that I'm purchasing goes home rather than the packaging that comes along with it. Number three, bringing a straw, cutlery, and reusable cup with me wherever I go. I keep a set in my car and in my backpack at all times. Even if I don't have plans to be out, you never know when they'll come in handy. Number four, taking public transportation or walking whenever I can. I'm incredibly fortunate to live in a city where public transportation is easily accessible. Whenever possible, I hop on the train or bus to get to my destination and only use my car if absolute necessary or when traveling long distances. While this may seem small, every action, small or large, helps. Number five, spending my money on companies who are environmentally responsible. As I mentioned earlier, I like to put my money where my mouth is headed, as in spending my dollars on on companies who are committed to doing good, both in their products and their intentions. Not only is it hugely important to be eating sources of meat raised without antibiotics, growth hormones, or animal byproducts, but investing in companies who are investing in the environment and committed to advancing agriculture systems like regenerative farming. All right, I have some links for some meditations that I will post in the show notes. And I just wanted to mention that. Our next article is from brownthumbmama.com and it's for a natural hand sanitizer. It says use half a cup aloe vera gel, not juice or liquid, a quarter cup witch hazel, and six to eight drops each of tea tree oil and lemon essential oils, or the On Guard essential oil blend. Measure the aloe vera gel and witch hazel into your measuring cup. Give it a stir and add a bit more witch hazel if it seems too thick. Then add your essential oils. Start with six drops each and add more until you reach a scent combination or intensity that you like. Stir again and pour into your recycled pump bottle. So if you're one of the millions of people who have found that there are toilet paper shortages out there in the stores and you didn't stock up, consider the family cloth, which is like a fabric wipe. And it says, first of all, I have no idea why it's called a family cloth. Second, before you totally freak out on me, remember how soft baby's flannel receiving blankets were. Your personal bits will appreciate their softness too. Grab those old flannel blankets and cut into squares about five inches in size. You can hem them or just uh, cut them with pinking shears if that's easier. And then put a small basket of clean wipes on top of the toilet and a two-wash basket on the floor next to the toilet. Wash in hot water, just as you would for cloth diapers. All right. Wild Wild crafting... Uh, weeds is a great way to welcome in spring and dandelion flowers are edible and medicinal and have many uses. So we have a list of dandelion recipes for drinks, sweets, baked goods, savory dishes, bath and body and home remedies that I will share in the show notes along with the website where I got them.
And it says from root to flower, dandelions are edible and have medicinal benefits. This wild edible can help improve digestion issues, is a remedy for kidney and liver ailments, and has an array of benefits for the skin. Foraging for dandelions is also a simple task as they're easily identifiable and can be found in your own backyard. Make sure you're only picking as much as you need and never harvesting all of any wild food as we're not the only species to enjoy the benefits of plants. Also important is only gathering from areas you know to be clean and have not been sprayed with pesticides. From infused drinks to skin-soothing beauty products, baked goods, and savory dishes, there are endless creative and delicious opportunities to utilize this versatile plant. So, as mentioned, the European perennial is loaded with medicinal properties, an excellent way to absorb dandelions vitamin A, C, B, and K, is to create a standard decoction of the root. If you're harvesting the root in spring, keep in mind that they are less medicinally active than if you were harvesting them in fall. Nonetheless, they can be sweeter, more nourishing, and contain higher levels of inulin. So a standard infusion of the flowers can be made into a refreshing and beautifully colored iced tea with lime. Or you can make a dandelion and fennel kombucha, lemonade, or naturally fermented dandelion soda. You can also make a roasted root coffee with chicory root and cinnamon, or a dandelion root chai tea, or possibly you want to make some dandelion mead. You can make a dandelion root beer, a sourdough dandelion pancake, or a dandelion flower syrup to go on top of it, or possibly a nettle seed and dandelion blossom superfood bar. You can make dandelion root muffins, dandelion rosemary shortbread cookies, or possibly some dandelion and honey ice cream or a dandelion lemon bar. How about some dandelion rhubarb pie or a dandelion honey muffin? Possibly look into making a dandelion macaroon or paleo cupcakes. There's also a recipe for dandelion jelly, and if you're looking for a savory dish, you can how about looking up the recipe for a crispy fritter, a dandelion quiche, a sauteed dandelion greens with eggs, or a dandelion vinegar to shake up your breakfast routine. You can make dandelion pesto, egg noodles, or dandelion capers. For the bath and body products, you can make a dandelion root facial toner mist, a dandy facial serum, dandelion soap, dandelion shampoo bar, or a dandelion and honey liquid soap, a dandelion salve, or a lotion bar. All right, and here we have from pathios.com by Hera Michelle a heron's elderberry booster brew remedy. Makes about two quarts of syrup, ideal for large families or for sharing. If you don't have any or like any of the, or don't like any of these ingredients, just brewing the elderberries is a major step in the right direction. But this blend of ingredients is delicious and brings the elderberries power of fire to the party. When not serving this to children, I've been known to mix my elderberry syrup with some Fireball or other cinnamon whiskey as an old-fashioned cough syrup. 
The alcohol would also extend the life of the brew a bit longer. So it requires one and a half cups of dried elderberries, a three-fourths cup of rose hips, one to two cinnamon sticks, nine clove spikes or one teaspoon dried powdered clove, four-inch chunks of ginger root, two to three orange slices, nine cups of water, and one cup of honey. You will need either two-quart mason jars or four-pint mason jars with airtight lids. In a saucepan on the stove, combine all ingredients except for the honey. Bring to a boil, then lower heat to medium-low. Allow to simmer uncovered for at least 30 minutes. Stir clockwise and then focus your intent on building up the immune system. Remove pan from heat and allow to cool for another 10 to 30 minutes. Strain out the herbal material from the liquid decoction. While it is still warm, pour the brew through a mesh strainer or several layers of cheesecloth. Make sure to mash out the herbal material through the metal mesh strainer or layers of cheesecloth draining the liquid as best you can. So add the honey, locally collected as best, and stir clockwise until incorporated, creating a syrup. Again, focus your intent on building up immunity. Infuse the mixture with Reiki or other healing properties. Activate the powers of fire within. Transfer the mixture to clean mason jars and store the syrup in the refrigerator. In an airtight mason jar, it should last up to a month in the fridge, but that's just a ballpark estimate. For general health and daily immune system boosting, take two teaspoons a day. When I'm actually sick with a virus, I up that to a tablespoon per day for adults. Half the dosage for children under 12 will be adequate. The syrup is delicious when added to carbonated water for a sparkling beverage. For extra magic, I typically carry the strainer of remaining herbal material and sprinkle it in the flower beds across the front line of my property while energetically building up a fiery barrier of defense. It composts to aid the soil, but also brings that plant medicine to the very soil my home is built upon. Remember that I'm not a doctor, and this nutritional supplement should never replace the advice or instructions of your physician. Make sure to consult your physician before consuming any herbal supplements, especially if you are on prescription medicine. Just because a plant is natural doesn't mean it is equally safe or advisable for everyone. Be well and take good care of each other. All right. So that concludes our episode for today. I am hoping that everyone out there will find some meditations or yoga programs on the internet to help keep the stress down while you are quarantining yourselves in your home. Please check on the elderly by phone or text or email to make sure that they're doing okay. As we know, this is more dangerous for them than it is for others, but it is equally concerning for all individuals on our planet. So just because you're not in an elderly age frame, don't think that you will not have huge consequences if this virus is contracted, such as being possibly put in the ICU. Just because they're talking about the emphasis on how dangerous it is to elderly doesn't mean that we can play roulette with 
our lives and ignore the warnings by the CDC. So it's not necessary to panic, but of course, use common sense and follow the advice by the CDC guidelines. So blessings to everyone that's listening, and I will be back with another podcast episode tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by FromAshesWeRiseTo.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom-blended, organic, non-GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand-poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.